2: You're on long final, Ireland's aviation podcast from Squawk 7000. Tony Merrigan, welcome to Squawk 7000. And I was scratching my head as to how, in heaven's name, I was going to introduce this man. Uh, and what I said I'd do instead was just remember the first time I came across you, and we'll work backwards and forwards from it, which was at the Bray Air Show in what at the time was a very, very hot building. And you were sorting out a bit of air traffic control. What? got you into that side of the world first? Let's talk about the air shows.
3: Well, the air shows were, I suppose, Michael, were a result of the fact that I, I was in the Irish Aviation Authority for 42 years and uh, out of that 42 years I spent 22 years as an air traffic controller well as a, within air traffic controller in those times uh, when i joined in 73 you started as an air traffic control assistant and then you waited for dead man's shoes to move up to air traffic controller so i did that and uh, i suppose uh, I then for 22 years I was there in that section and then I moved into the business development and to the customer relationship side of the business with Eamon Brennan uh, but that's a whole other story so uh, the air traffic control side of stuff I it was automatic that when the air show started uh, we would move in and just help out and it was Shea Party said would i come up and have a just help out on the day mm. uh and uh that's and you're right it was a very hot building in bray uh <laughs> i mean now i see you've moved out into this onto the beach and you have a, it, that that brings its own problems as well of course you know yeah, yeah. but uh very enjoyable i mean the uh, i mean the air shows then there were a whole new sort of era for in irish uh sort of aviation, I mean, I suppose things happened and we made up our own regulations. Now you're bound to regulations uh, that are much more tight and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not too sure.
2: What got you into the flying?
3: Um, I started way back in my father, God rest him. He brought me over to Kilkenny because I'm originally from Carlo and we went on a on a flight well, let's go back further. We actually went down to Castle Bridge, to an air show in Castle Bridge. And I'm not too sure how many were there. I think there was only one air show there. And he said, would you like to go up in an airplane, son? And I said, Gee, that'd be great. Uh. And we he put me in, uh, I think it was a Cherokee or, a, no, a Piper Aztec it was, actually. Wow. And I was in the back of that, and it was Logan Air. We're running the pleasure flights. It cost my father a lot of money I think at the time for a seat for about 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it was. But then that sort of, I said, this is great, you know, and, then uh, come following on on that when I was about 16, he brought me over to, uh, Kilkenny to Martin Mulhall in Kilkenny. He's a legend in the, in the, and I was in a, an MS 880 and, uh, I took a, a lesson there. Uh, but then, you know, I, I, applied for the, uh, the Irish air Corps uh, to try and advance. A bit, uh, and, but, uh, unfortunately I was placed on a panel, uh, for the cadetships there. Um, I think they took four that year. Normally they take six, but, but they did offer me the Navy, Michael.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the future would have held yeah. if you he were not on the knowing
3: <laughs> one end of a ship from another end of the ship, <laughs> the but anyway, the uh, the end, yeah. so, uh, uh but then uh, time passed, and uh, I took up flying again. Then uh, in Bar, with uh, oh, yeah. uh, my wife Rose, she uh, she bought me uh, a sort of uh, vouchers for to learn how to fly. And uh, Pat Lanigan Ryan took me under his wing.
2: For heaven's sake.
3: And then I progressed to that legend Joe Davy. Hmm. I mean, uh, he's a fantastic man. I mean, the patience of that man he has the patience of Job. And I mean, he must have nerves of steel, but uh, so, I mean, I have to thank those for getting me in. And then I just switched from what I call heavy metal, the Cessna 150, to microlites. Right. And uh, I, I ended up, uh, I, I bought uh, my Xair up in the north of Ireland uh, from a chap that was renovating tractors and built it himself. Uh, because you know the XR, Michael. It's a, it's a French design, but it's, uh, it's manufactured in India. Right. So it's shipped over there, and you put it yeah. together. And uh, a marvelous little machine, a strong little machine, going nowhere fast. That's the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and know, and yeah. the
2: engine's in a, in a rather peculiar spot, isn't it? It's overhead on top. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. The, the power plant, Michael. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> which generates, I think, 65 horsepower <laughs> two-stroke uh, There'll engine. There'll be no
2: mention <laughs> of lawnmowers in this conversation. No, no, right? uh, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, Rotax 58, uh, uh, 50, 65 horsepower Rotax engine in it. Mm. And uh, it's over your head, which is great, actually, because there's no problem with ground clearance. It's like it's like a baby racing car on the ground. It's fantastic. And it actually does have a, a, a form of suspension, which even the Cessna 150s and that doesn't have. Mm. You can... Roll along on the ground and you're not getting bounced all over the place, you know. So uh, a lot of, you can, it'll take some heavy landings as well. But the big thing is you, you're you flaring basically as you're coming onto the ground mm. because it's uh, it's only about... A foot off the ground, really. <laughs> so, but a, a great little machine.
2: I'm going to bring you back because I, I, there's, there's a whole chunk of story missing there. Um, yeah. and, and I want to go back to uh, well, Burr. Then why do we go? Give me, give me a year and a couple of names.
3: 2021 now, maybe yeah. around 2000 or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, you had Joe Davy was there, Tommy, Tommy Munsey, all of these guys. And I mean, this is this is what I uh, this passion for aviation that exists in the clubs and in the grassroots Mm. is what i think will probably bring us out of where we are now because i mean they're finding it very hard to exist i mean you look at jerry deegan up in in lime tree and he has the airfield there and such a great job he's done on it um i mean he's put his heart and his soul into it and the welcome that's there and that's the grassroots and and the passion that those people have is is fantastic
2: what was your involvement with the hangar in burr
3: well, the hangar in Barthasch, uh, maybe, uh, well, look, the people that were involved in, uh, Bar b- were looking to build a hangar and the lottery, uh, I suggested, that a, or they were looking at the lottery and let's put it this way, I knew a man within government since sadly passed away and uh, I asked him, could you have, could you help us out with this hmm. and he put me in touch with his his man. So it was our people were talking to his people. Um, The big thing about uh, flying is that all of the people that have the problem with giving out grants, they think we're flying jets and we have loads of money. Mm. I mean, most people that I know in in the thing, right? All right. Some of them are well off, but most of them are lucky to have a seat in their pants. So, uh, we actually got, I think in Borough at the time, I think it was 98,000 euro or pounds and not too sure when it was even then to build a hangar. So the national lottery gave them that grant and uh, they did match it. The borough had to come up with some money themselves, which is great. And it's a fantastic hangar. It's 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 the size of it. And, uh, and, uh, and the lads did a lot of work on the doors themselves and things like that. I mean, you have to actually have a committee or group of people that are willing to work and put their Mm -hmm. get their hands dirty and they did that in Burr, you know, I mean, I think it's an ideal location, the centre of the country, uh, you know, good airfield and it seems to me from from a weather point of view that it has its own little microclimate, you could be flying in Burr and they wouldn't be flying anywhere else. You know, like you'd be doing circuits now. <laughs> you go outside and You circuit. wouldn't be going much further than that.
2: I'm curious because when you started the story for me, Tony, uh, about your dad bringing you to the air show and then bringing you to Kilkenny, was he the man who had the interest in the aviation before you?
3: No, I think he just had his, his, his like he loved travel, but I think the only place he ever traveled to outside of Ireland was probably Paris. Mm. Uh, because he was in land reclamation and demolition and stuff like that, and you know, he was of his age. He just wanted for the best for his children, mm. you know. And so, but, but when he you spotted it in you then? Is
2: that it? it? Did he spot the enthusiasm in you? Was, yeah, was, was probably. You yeah. yeah,
3: probably. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, he he worked very hard, and it wasn't easy, shall we say, to even when we went to every every we used to go to dublin airport they'd bring us to dublin airport and the highlight of that was getting the, the egg sandwiches at dublin airport <laughs> i mean so i mean you can imagine we all packed into an old ford anglia van yeah. no seat belts no nothing and we drive up to dublin and he park in front of the old the old building and you could park that time either side of it you remember mm-hmm. and uh, you go onto the viewing gallery and but the tea and the egg sandwiches at Dublin airport and then the Viscount. You could be waiting for a a day for a couple of airplanes, but you'd see them, you know, it was great.
2: As you say, the sound of the Viscount would be very, would be very much bring back a memory.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. You know, I remember, and even when I went into air traffic control, I, I always remember there was an airline called Cambrian. I don't know whether you remember it was a Welsh airline based in Wales. And the Cambrian 963 was uh, from uh, it went into Cork, and uh, it always for, for for an air traffic controller because it was flying at a an unusual altitude to separate them from different aircraft. But the Cambrian nine six three went into Cork, and uh, it was uh, it was the old Viscount super well, aircraft. Love the windows as on it. it.
2: Was as a child, I was brought out onto that Cambrian Viscount as a treat for my birthday. Yeah. So the, 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 the small world that we live in, which is why we love chatting to people like this. Tony, we'll we'll do the air traffic control story then. All right. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, where were you? Had you a job before that? Was it something you'd been waiting for? How did you end up in it?
3: Oh, you, you, you got to roll back the years, Michael, to 1972 when I did the living Cert, and uh, I I was in boarding school in the De Salle College in Waterford, oh, wow. and okay. uh, so in uh, 1972, I mean. They weren't great years to be coming out of school. You, the opportunities were few and far between. You could, you know, you had the guards, you had the civil service, you had the bank, and you had the army. And after mm. that, like, wasn't too much. I mean, I remember I did, um, I did the interview, or I applied for BOAC as it was at the time, and was accepted to Hamble in Southampton. All oh, right. Only problem being because i wasn't a uk citizen uh, you would have to pay for your own uh your own sort of education or your own flights Trading, yeah. and let's the troubles in the north were picking up at the time and i just didn't want to put that type of cost on my parents mm. you know they were about they would sort of sent me but i wouldn't put that cost on them so I, you know i applied as i said for the air Corps didn't get there and then this job appeared for air traffic control and i did that uh, and i got in as an air traffic control assistant and that was in i think it started in february of 1973 uh, and there was a big intake and we went to cork and we studied in cork and then we were dispatched all over the place uh, to different places and um, i remember a couple of us we hired uh, uh, a cherokee six to fly up from cork to it's it's subsequently crashed in roaring water bay in county cork that right. particular aircraft yeah and but we came up to see where were we being stationed to and mm. green as could be you know <laughs> walked in where do we get where do we get digs up here you know <laughs> this type of thing well, where did you end up well i ended up in shannon uh, and uh, Obviously, did some of my training courses in Dublin afterwards, but uh, no Shannon was my base and it was excellent. I mean, because you know, uh, the biggest for the Irish Aviation Authority from an air traffic control side of stuff, their main employment centre is Shannon. Hmm. I mean they have the en route center you have the all right people think because the, the airport isn't that busy but the en route center is the main it's the money making part of the of the business really you it's know. the
2: shanwick connection isn't
3: it yeah well you have ballygreen does the hmm. communications for the shanwick part of it and uh, the uk in Presswick do the atc side for the ocean out to 30 degrees west so um yeah did did all the ratings there did tower uh, did approach did uh, Low level en route up to twenty four thousand feet, up to flight level two four zero, and then did uh, high level as well. I suppose my 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 love would have been the tower, really, you know, and uh, yeah, ah, oh, yeah, you know, because you can see the you can see the, <laughs> can see the <laughs> aircraft, and I mean, this is it, you know. Any memorable that, place the, that you remember? Yeah, I I, I actually uh, there was a couple. Uh, you had I, I give you an you had uh, Angela Cunningham on there a while ago. We did, yeah, uh, uh, and. Uh, Angelo is one of these guys, as I said to you, has the passion. Hmm. You know, he has the passion. He's still going strong. And he's the same age as myself, by the way. <laughs> right? So so the thing is that I remember going on a f- cockpit familiarization flight from Shannon to London with Angelo was the first officer in a BAC-111. And he spoke about the BAC-111. He yes, he's loved the than, aircraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the, the thing about that, we landed... On the way back and he took a photograph and i still have it of my house as we passed over it and we were because i'm directly of about five miles on the final approach to what is now runway 31 which is not used anymore in shannon but we landed on what was then runway 32 a visual approach to runway 32 and uh, and that's not done anymore obviously yeah. but angelo was the he was he was in the he was in the right seat and uh, you know, and we we've be actually been friends ever since, and so we speak to each other fairly regularly. And then mm-hmm. another memorable flight was um, we used to get flights with the different at that time in Shannon. There was a lot of training going on. Bo or B B A. Um, there was Lufthansa, Air France. Do all these 747s. You know, I mean, I remember Ryanair when they had the HS seven four eight starting yes. in Sh- training Indeed. in Shannon. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, uh, I remember the, when Ryanair started, they started with a banderante. Mm-hmm. And the, one of the pilots on that was an, a lad that lived in Shannon called John Kangatui. And poor old John, he's he since passed away. But, uh, you know, at that time, you knew the pilots. You knew mm-hmm. the voices. So, they could, yeah. you know, there wasn't uh, all of that sort of stuff. But I got, a, I got a jaunt in the Concorde, the Air France Concorde. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we did only in the circuit in Shannon, but an hour well, you know, I mean we just, it was such, I thought it was a plastic airplane, to be honest (laughs) you know, inside it, I really did the windows were small, the seats were tight, everything was narrow and small, you know it it was long, Mm. it was like a pencil but uh, yeah, but you got the power when she took off, you just got pushed back in your seat and it was yeah, but that that was good, you know, and uh, I, I was on board the Antonov 225. Uh, it landed in Shannon one morning and I was, uh, I was on duty and Malcolm Nason, who takes all the photographs, he said, do you want to come down and have a look at this thing? And so I went down and he took a picture of me on this thing. And I think it was bringing some relief to Chernobyl or something like that, uh, you know. So, I mean, there's only one of those in the world. And, but it was re- resurrected. I think with this, at this time it it was just it was being used, and then it was put in storage, and then it was brought back. You know, but uh, marvelous piece of, air, of aircraft. And I mean, okay. subsequently, I, I actually worked in Russia for a while. And uh, I tell mean, us
2: about that. What was there?
3: Well, the as I say, I spent twenty two years on the in the air traffic control side of stuff, and then mm-hmm. I moved on to business development with. Uh, with the legendary Eamon Brennan, who is now the chief, uh, or the, the chief executive or the, the director general of Eurocontrol. Mm-hmm. And we won a uh, project uh, in Russia from the European Union to develop uh, a distance learning system mm-hmm. for the Russian air traffic control. And there was a lot of great people involved in that. There was Mick Hipwell. If you, if you know of Mick Hipwell, the, the legendary Lions player in rugby and uh, and originally from Baglestown in County Carlos, so a county yeah. man of my own. And uh, Mick was there with me. Uh, Jeffrey O'Byrne White was there with me. He was in park. Mm. So it was a kind of a, uh, there was a couple of agencies involved in running this. So I spent, we we were in and out of Russia and spent a lot of time in Russia. In actual fact, we used to stay in the Rossio Hotel just off Red Square, and I just seen a picture the other day where they've knocked it down. There was three thousand two hundred bedrooms in the Rucio hotel
2: <laughs> and a microphone in every one of them.
3: <laughs> uh, correct. I mean you checked in in the lobby. I remember this so vividly you checked in in the lobby. you were then allocated a wing and a floor on the wing. Mm. And you went to, the, to that floor and as you got out, there was a babushka waiting with you, she allocated you the room, depending mm-hmm. how, how good standing you are. But <laughs> in any case, um, they've knocked it down now and there's a beautiful park there. But uh, I had a picture, I saw a picture of it the other day and I thought, yeah, I mean, hmm. you know, I used to stay there and it was so I didn't realize the place was so big when I see the size of the park.
2: I'd heard stories yeah. about it that, uh, and how big it was. Yeah. Let's, let's roll forward and talk golf for a few
3: minutes. Yeah, no, not how I play golf, Mike, right? No, we're not <laughs> we're not talking about that, Michael, because I'm useless at golf. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Well then we roll Let let me mention the Ryder Cup 2006 first.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, what, what were you doing with that? Well, basically myself and Dermot O'Hanlon, otherwise known as DV or ah, yes. yeah, the, the 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 bold DV. Uh, uh got contracted it was contracted to do the helicopter mm. field. He was with I think it was uh with Celtic Helicopters they had they had the fuel and it was a sort of a, a for partnership of the whole thing. So he said, Would, will you do the air traffic control for it and whatever else? So myself and Dermot O'Handon did the air traffic control there. And for our biggest boast was for that few days that it was on, I don't know, maybe six days that we were there. It was the busiest heliport in the world. Good heavens. I mean, I think we had at any one time, we would have a hundred helicopters. It was, don't forget, we were sort of Celtic Tiger years. Uh, mm-hmm. you, 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 were, you were at nothing unless you were flying in a helicopter or, you, or at nothing if you didn't own one. <laughs> right? So, I mean, the, and every, all of them had a number, Rider 120, Rider 2, Rider 4, whatever. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was really, really busy because while... We we established a set of procedures and everything. A, a funny thing about that, though, Michael, we were we were surrounded by trees. I mean, mm-hmm. it was set in in a big field, but there were huge, high trees. They must have been a hundred feet high, all around us. And so we were giving the wind as calm to all of these <laughs> helicopters. And there could be seven or eight or nine of them on approach, and they were getting. But they were being muscled all over the sky by the wind up there and the one fellow said you must be choking <laughs> <We're laughs> it's damn. calm down here <laughs> uh, but uh and i remember uh you know we had the it was a well-oiled machine now i mean you mm. you mm. packed up they, they had their the left off the people at the different stands and whatever else and uh, but the, the, the standing joke was that uh, when the guys in the parking side of it, they used to park them so close to the trees that if you you could be you were given a complimentary chainsaw. it was very yeah. tiring, uh, it, but it was fantastic. It was fantastic.
2: what What's your strategy for for keeping the uh, the mood right when when you're working in a high pressure situation like that?
3: Uh, well, I remember I, you 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 joined us in Celtic Manor, Michael. In, in 2010, I, yes. In so. 2010, and that was the reason you were there and I, I always remember uh, you teaching me how to write with my left hand over dinner one evening <laughs> when I'm naturally right-handed yes. and you said, you it's all in the mind, you know. So I suppose you're right, it is all in the mind and it's your attitude towards things that are happening. I mean, myself and Dermot inside in, say, in the Ryder Cup in two thousand and six, it got fractious at times, you mm, know. What I mean, mm, but mm. we had a system, and we stuck by the system and the process. And okay. you, if you, if you want to find out what was happening, if you got uh, Gene Pardy on the show, uh, I mean, Gene mm. saw us at our best and our worst, yeah. you know. But uh, but there were long days. We we started at seven in the morning. We finished at about seven or eight in the evening. We mm. went back to uh, to uh, Malahide had a bit to eat in, and then went to bed and got up again the following morning at five, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it well, was, you, it was you, you... fun.
0: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: You mentioned 2010. Indeed, I, I was with you all there. And that's why I brought up the question of I've, I've, I've seeing you working uh, with the others. And there was a there was a wonderful... Common sense going on in how it worked. Let's talk about 2010. We were that was Cardiff yeah. over in Celtic yeah. Manor, uh, yeah. and uh, I'm 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 remembering that you might have a good story to tell me about Lee Westwood.
3: Was that uh, you'll have to remind me now because there was a lot of stories about there. I remember <laughs> what I remember about Celtic Manor was the rain and yes. the mud and the, mm-hmm. and all of that. I remember that uh, Harrods had the uh, NS... Uh, 92, uh, it? 92, we used yeah. to call it the mothership, mm-hmm. And it used to arrive up and cross the Severn along the edge of the bridge and come in when nothing else was getting in. Don't ask mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. VFR, I. Not, not too sure but it landed and it had most of the people coming up from London. and if you remember the Italian people uh, the the two brothers that play golf whats uh, can't remember their names now uh, they used to come in every morning with their families. they had a helicopter as well but we had a mm. fleet of uh, top class cars but what sticks in my mind about the uh, the 2010? Not the fact that you stayed in the Green Dragon uh, pub. More where, than I remember. <laughs> 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 I but, couldn't be giving you that detail. <laughs> no, no, no. In Mon- Monmouth or Mon- oh, Monmouth yes, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But the uh, I remember we got hold of a golf buggy. Yes. If you, if you had a golf buggy, you were made. You could go anywhere in, in the Ryder Cup place, waving at guys and uh, whatever. And I we, remember. You might they, have to give
2: credit to another Merrigan for that, though.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably Robbie got hold of that, but yeah. I remember, I remember we were f- heading down, and uh, the top guy from the American Professional Golf Association, uh, he flagged us down. And he said, "Any chance of a lift, lads?" And so here we were, myself and handling on this thing, and we threw this guy on the back. And it, like and you'd fit what you'd fit two people on the back. Mm-hmm. And I think we had we had montgomery and this guy on the back of it and we're up the hill and i said lads you might have to get off you're a bit heavy <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was good fun michael i uh, can't remember the, the lee westwood story i, I can't remember that now oh there you go we'll blame somebody else
2: for for, for marking my card on that one but so there you go either that or it's what went on tour i have another story up my sleeve which i we might as well jump to as we go to that and that is about a very senior Air Corps officer in Oscar November.
3: Yeah. Now, we should and tell that, people Oscar November same, is your own airplane. Yeah. In, Oscar uh, November. Uh, it was when I bought that aircraft, it had five hours on the clock. And it was golf, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie X-ray. Yeah. So for me, there was too many Charlies in it. <laughs>
1: <anymore>. <laughs> so
3: uh, I said then I was working and I, I said to... Uh, Eamon Brennan at the time, I want to re-register this aircraft now and I want to put it on the Irish register. And, he mm-hmm. sa- and I said, look, I want my own registration. And he said, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I sa- and he said, what registration do you want on it? I said, EI Golf Oscar Delta. Oh! Right? And the response was, no. I'm sure that's the word that was used, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he said, I can see it now, he said. God is in a ditch in Burr. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up that they gave me a tango Oscar November, so uh, which was okay too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, to get back to this senior Air Corps officer mm-hmm. that uh, was invited to uh, fly with me, uh, and which he did, uh, and but the the upshot of it all was he broke my door handle. <laughs> Right. And now they're quite flimsy. And yeah. I said, you know, I'm going to have to bring this to Beltonville to get fixed. <laughs> <laughs> But there was actually, I don't know where you're getting your information, Mike, but I, I took a senior Aer Lingus captain. i go captain. to jail
2: before I reveal that. Yeah, well, anyway, I took yeah, a
3: senior yeah. Aer Lingus captain for a flight one day as well. And he says, uh, "What's the, I said, do you want to fly this thing? And he said, yeah, what's the numbers? I said, it's 50, 50 and 50 because <laughs> everything happens at 50. And we went up and he said, what's she like? He said, uh, with an engine out. I said, no problem. Pulled the engine and he, uh, he want, I can still hear the screams. <laughs> Where's because the second it, engine? It yeah. flies like a stone, you know. Oh, but right. uh, but yeah. anyway, that's that's the story of all of that sort of stuff, you know.
2: Oh, do you know, I say there's a rock this committee to get more information out of you on some of the stories, Tony. But we're going to keep going. We'll keep plugging away. Do you know, I, I should, I suppose, say to people that you're sitting here and you've a rather uh, smart jacket on you with flight aware on it. Do you want to tell us what's the connection? Yeah,
3: yeah. well, I retired on the, from the Irish Aviation Authority in uh, after 42 years on the 31st of December, 2015. Right. And one of Eamon Brennan's famous quotes is keep going to stay growing. Hmm. So I had my health and I said, right, I'm going to stay going. So on the 1st of January, 2016, I was retired eight hours (laughs) and I was getting bored and I joined. Arian, uh, which is the space-based ADSB uh, provider in the United States, I joined them in Washington, mm. and um, now not full-time. I, I mean, what they said to me, I remember: uh, how many days would you be able to give us? You know. Mm. So I reasoned that a consultant was two hundred and twenty or two hundred and thirty days a year, so I said a hundred and ten. And that was a rock I perished on. I mean, 110 days. I never realised it was so long. It is uh, half a
2: year indeed. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So I was doing a half a year for them, and uh, they were very good to me, I have to say. But then, in November 2017, FlightAware had done a deal with Arian, and Arian said, "You know, FlightAware uh, probably need you now as well because uh, they've just we've just uh, they they need somebody for their their sales team to do support on their sales team." And I um, I joined them, and I have to say, they're a fantastic company. Um, they I mean in this this pandemic, just to give you an idea, what I like about them is I I, I have I like the U.S. way of thinking. Hmm. You're never too old to stay going, and they respect age. This this particular company, FlightAware, have a hundred and twenty employees. I would say. A hundred of them are under the age of 40. And I think I'm the, the oldest guy there. Hmm. And they have a corporate jet and I get pride of place on the jet. And the only thing I say, lads, don't bring the rug. I don't need the rug just <laughs> yet. Somebody but they um, in, yeah. they are a really good company to work with. Uh, and they, as I call them, the kids, they really respect the age. Hmm. And so give you an idea, they said, Uh, I said, what do I, what do I do? You know, how do I describe it? What I do (laughs) so I can tell you what they put down on my handle on the, you know, this uh, Slack communication system, Slack, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to put down, what do you do? So I get, I let them fill it in and on it is Tony Merrigan, awesomeness enabler. (laughs) Only in America, Mike, would you come up with some title like that, Awesomeness Enabler.
2: Uh, awesomeness Enabler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could hear the slagging you're going to get for the next
3: time. We're <laughs> at Bray for that one, definitely.
2: <laughs> Please, that'll well, it happen. Well,
3: they, I, the slagging continues because I've been there last year. I've been doing a bit of work with uh, Enterprise Ireland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did eight months uh, on one project with them uh, in, in Milan, and then three months out of Austin in Texas, uh, and so the title they had was Pathfinder oh. Aviation Pathfinder. I thought I was flying in the Second World War with all Joe Kelly know, as the controls. I, so. I know. I <laughs> mean,
2: there's, there's two things that come to mind. One of them, by the way, I, I you might for some people who don't might know what actually FlightAware does because I mean, there'll be obviously people who'll know immediately when they hear the name, but for
1: those, yeah, don't... well,
3: uh, more readily, I think, um. Noticeable over here be in in Europe is uh, Flight Radar 24. Mm-hmm. Well, Flight aware are say uh, a bigger version of Flight Radar 24. I mean, they they power they get all their data from ADSB, mm-hmm. uh, and they aggregate that data into different products like mm-hmm. for, for flight tracking. The, what I've learned, and I mean, only since I've joined them, is the power of data, Michael. It's yes. unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And where the uses are. I mean, mm. uh, I, I had a great laugh there when I joined them first. Uh, this guy was doing a PhD uh, on the feeding habits of the sperm whale off some island somewhere in the Pacific, right? And mm. <laughs> he said, I have a bit of a budget. And he said, I'd like you to just give me the details of flight of traffic in and out of this island flight traffic mm-hmm. so i did and whatever and i think it was three hundred dollars or something and the ceo daniel baker who is a fantastic guy he's he's 38 39 now i think and mm-hmm. he he owns the company himself and uh, he said to me Remind me, how much of that guy's budget did we get? <laughs> because $300 like, is not a big amount for the type of information. Well, he... But it was basically this guy was working. The sperm whale was be, be uh, feeding, but mm. the, the noise of the aircraft were disrupting the sperm whale off this island. Mm. So... And uh, you know we we're, we're powering a lot of the CETA stuff, you know, and we power um, uh, we just done a deal with Microsoft for their flight simulators, so all of this sort of stuff uh, is there. And uh, if you if you pick up some things that if, where there's data being displayed in airports and stuff, it's probably powered by FlightAber. Uh And it's a growing business, uh, uh, what I like from them is the leadership that. Daniel Baker who has shown over the since the pandemic mm. he was the first to leave the office in Houston and it, it they were we were voted I think one of the top 10 companies in Houston uh, he we let he was he left the office got all the people to their homes and uh, they work from home but um, he said like uh, he keeps us up to date and says no we're not moving in until we get this thing under control and uh and uh, you know recently in houston they were allowed to uh, or at least every adult is now uh, can get a vaccination yes. um unlike here there's a certain reluctance to get vaccinated but he has given an incentive of 150 dollars to the staff to get vaccinated, just produce your vaccination mm-hmm. certificate. That. Uh, really good guy, but a good company. And as I say, um, what he runs on is aviation passion. I've seen guys come in to be interviewed and they just don't have the passion that he has for aviation, mm-hmm. even though we're, on the sides of it you
2: know well as you say we're here on episode 41 of of our passion project which is talking to people like yourself from aviation can i tap into that um knowledge that you have or at least overview that you have for people who are feeling a bit despondent about the way things are going and and will aviation get itself back up you mentioned at the beginning of the chat that the local airfields would at least kick back uh, maybe sooner than maybe even uh, the airlines will. W- w- to get yeah, I, and
3: I, I think they will. And uh, I mean, I know that, say, from, from looking at it from our point of view, uh, uh, for, from a flight aware point of view, shall we say, from working with them, that uh, we pivoted around a lot of our work. I mean, we would be directly dealing with airlines, and if they're not flying, and we're, then we're not getting paid as well. But uh, what I do know that we've recruited in the last three months 15 people. And we have an intention by 2022 to have, we have, a, I think, 120 now. We reckon by the end of 2022, we'll have 150. And he's, you know, he sees this as a, sort of a hiatus, but it's given us time to think and steady the mm. things down and plan. Mm. And he's gotten all of the, uh, most of our people are developers and they uh, have been told, look, develop this following towards the needs of what the customers are going to need for to come back. Mm. And like, this is a company, he's not spending anybody else's money. He's spending his own money. Mm. And so he has great faith in it. So I think it's going to come back. And I think what will come back as well, like is I'm out and about all the time. And I find that it's the Irish, it's the diaspora, the people that are abroad, They, they are the biggest help that I can find. And, uh, I think that they will keep us going. If you look at if people ask how how is our aviation so strong in Ireland for such a small country? And I mean we're all over the world and we're in head big jobs and small jobs and uh, you know you know you've Tony Regan out in Aristana. Yes. I mean you can't get further away and he's stuck in the middle he's been of it.
2: With us on the show, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, Tony hasn't forgotten. Like, uh, you know, we're. I think. Uh, I well, I, I would be breaking some some sort of secrets now, but uh, I know that if you keep an eye on around the 13th of the month, you'll see something special happening with Aristana <laughs> in relation to Ireland. Yes. Kind right, and um, you know, so he hasn't forgotten his roots, and he hasn't forgotten where he's coming from, and and and, and the same with the, the lads in Australia, Qantas, Joyce, and uh, and and the guys in the leasing companies. You mm. know, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I think that that will bring us back, and that type of energy that we get from those people. You know,
2: it is about passion, then, isn't it? And, and yeah. it, that that seems to make the difference. And some people who actually love what it is they're doing.
3: Well, I think I sent you a thing the other day, and it's what uh, uh, a little, just a little saying. It's a Native American Indian proverb. Mm. And it says, Those who tell the stories rule the world. (laughs) And the Irish are the best at storytelling, our writers, our songwriters, and our Generally, our people, we can tell a story, we can spin a yarn. Might be all true, but, you know, <laughs> it, it keeps us there, you know.
2: <laughs> well, Tony Merrigan, you've certainly spun a great yarn for us uh, on this particular episode. And thank you
3: so much for joining us on Sport thousand
2: Look forward to seeing you at an airfield soon.
3: And yeah, we'll have a cup of, of coffee when I get released up in in uh, and we'll uh, you might even come for a flight in Ei, e- ah,
2: There you go. <laughs> I, I will say to you, I saw that aircraft today.
3: Yeah, and uh, probably looking so sorry for itself, Michael, because it's at the back of the hangar there. But please, God, we we'll get it out now and get it cleaned up and get back in the air.
2: They could say that about the rest of us as well. Tony, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us.
3: You're welcome, Michael. And it's been a pleasure. And you stay safe. OK,
2: take care. God bless.